SequelCast 2 is part of the Batman Podcast Network. For more information, go to batman-on-film.com. And look for the newest addition to the Star Trek family, the Star Trek Fan Collectives, created for the fans, by the fans. Four new four-disc collector sets with classic episodes chosen by the fans, featuring brand new text commentaries. Fascinating. The journey home is now complete. Everybody across the land, here's a special from sequel cast, though I don't know what it's gonna be about. Hello and welcome to Sequel Cast 2, a podcast looking at movies in a franchise, one film at a time. Uh, I'm Matt. And I'm Thrasher. This is a Sequel Cast special episode. A special on, feature, uh, if you will. Uh, yeah, uh, on um, TV shows on DVD. You know, we, we've talked about DVD and Blu-ray formats and 4K and some of that stuff before. And these special episodes, they're fun to do every once in a while. And it just made me think of <clears throat> something, uh, although we saw on videotape a little bit, this really became popular in DVD. It was buying TV shows to watch. And I think that this is less of a thing now that you have all these streaming <laughs> services. It's much easier to get access, I think, to what you want to watch for the most part. But the good thing about physical media, which is why I still continue to buy it, is you have control over when you want to watch it and it can never be taken away from you. As opposed to on streaming services, you know, they'll just remove all the seasons of a show without any warning often which can be frustrating. Or in some cases, we'll remove a single episode due to some uh, sort of controversial element. Uh, Yeah, like the Simpsons, Michael Jackson episode in season three. Yeah, actually, that is a specific thing I was thinking of. Because on on the one hand, like, it's it's a decision that I don't completely agree with, but it is a decision that I respect. I, I think in the long run, it probably is the right thing to do. But I'm also a completist, and I tend to consume my media warts and all. And I would ra- I would rather that be there so that I could confront it. But that is how I approach it. That is not how everyone's going to approach it. Right. Right. <clears throat> so, um, just for context sake, you know, on a, we might as well start way back with videotape. <laughs> you did have some stuff come out, but usually not as, as seasons. You might have an episode or two of Star Trek, the original series, or maybe a pilot or a series finale, or a few epi- random episodes of a cartoon, maybe based around a theme well, usually, uh, on, on videotape. Yeah, usually there'd be some sort of unifying element to it. Uh, and on some, <laughs> on some occasions, you would get like a complete series, but those would, that would only be for like the biggest shows. I remember uh, our, one of our uh, video stores, it had the complete run of the original series Star Trek, but you could only rent it one oh. tape at a time, and usually the tape only had two episodes. Right. And it took um, up like a whole shelf. <laughs> Yeah, Twin Peaks had its whole run on uh, VHS. Um, yeah, yeah to get a complete limited. to get a complete series, it had to be something special, <clears throat> right? And, and the point being, it was not the norm. Um, the exception, I would say, was for some anime. 
you would have a, a, a box set of the whole season, but even then it would be, I mean, th- those tapes were very expensive. You know, you might have one or two episodes um, uh, on a tape, and if you were talking about subtitled, you might be spending 30 or $40 per tape for two episodes or one episode. Um, well, it's a real, ooh, look at how they get you things. Because usually, if it was like going to be a complete series released over a series of VHS tapes, <laughs> very often the first tape would have three or four episodes, <laughs> but then all following tapes would have one or two. Yeah, it was really... Um, and my voice is just shot. Hold on a second. Well, another thing they would often do with those, and this did carry over into DVDs, is very often the first tape would be packaged with a big display box that was meant to hold that. all yeah. the tapes in the series. Box. Right, and I, I was looking, um, this is a good bit of trivia, In the, we were just talking about the United States here. What was the first TV show to be released as a season, not counting anime? And when do you think it was? Oh, well, I bet it was like in 98, and I bet it was like Bewitched. It was 2000. It was the X-Files season one. Huh. Now, wow. I, I do know that the United States was a bit um, late in getting this stuff released to DVD. Um, specifically, I used to work at a Suncoast video, and we'd have some people from England and town visiting Atlanta wanting to get, you know, they were on maybe season four of Buffy when season one just came out. But there's also the thing with DVD that I don't think was the case with videotape, and we've mentioned this before, but it's worth touching on, is you have the the whole phenomenon of region locking, right? Yeah, this this is the bane of, of sort of TV collectors and DVD, DVD aficionados such as ourselves. And I'm so glad you brought up Buffy because that could be... Uh, that was because a big one. Because I was my, my cousin Sarah was a huge fan of Buffy, and actually I know many people in my life are huge fans of Buffy, and like that was the thing that infuriated her is that Australia would get the Buffy DVDs often three years ahead of the United States, and because of the region locks, yeah, you could pay a lot of money to get the DVDs from Australia, but they wouldn't play on an American DVD player. Well, and then you could like hack a, a dvd player to play any region although if you do that it might not work um it, i think technically you're only supposed to change legally you're supposed to change it only a few times but it makes it confusing like well, for the, my the thing uh, is i'm not sure that's a legal requirement i really right it's think probably that is studios maybe or? i think it's a policy by these different yeah. distribution syndicates i do not and i do not think that that's a, a legal thing right i mean i um you know, as research for these Uwe Bull books I'm working on, I, I bought a Region 2 DVD player. Cool. Um, and, but I mean, just even getting it, I wasn't sure if it would work on my TV or uh, it's, the resolution is a bit different because of how the standard definition on uh, how that looked on the UK stuff compared to the American TVs. I mean, it's, it, it was quite a, a process, not to, but yeah, so I mean, who knows, but it, it just makes it very bifurcated as far as what you want to get when. I mean, the TV show, I think you, you've you collected the most on DVD Thrasher is probably Doctor Who, right? I, I do have an ever-growing collection of Doctor Who on DVD. And that's quite it's quite scattershot as far as how that's released. You know, it's not well, in order. Some stuff never officially came out. Well, it's kind of... well, And that, and that goes in part because it's, do, it's Doctor Who. It's a show that has been around... Uh, it's a, it's a show that's been around since the since the 60s and there are lots there's lots of lost media associated with it so they it wasn't 
typically released like in season batches, they kind of started with the best slash most important episodes that they still had the masters for. And then they kind of picked and choose since then. Uh, like at this point, uh, a lo- so much of it is on DVD that like even the really bad episodes like creatures, creature from the pit uh, is available. Um, well, one thing I will say about the BBC, they do take their time with their DVDs, and they're always loaded with really interesting special features. Yeah, um, I, the one thing that affected the release of why you, you still don't see stuff on DVD like Malcolm in the Middle or Muppet Babies is like movie or film right or music or film rights. You know, to, to when they created these shows, they used all this music, but they didn't think of home video really being a market for TV shows at the time, so they didn't get the licensing rights for that and sometimes they have generic music substituted instead and later you get a release with the real music sometimes you never get a release with the real music um uh, uh, muppet babies you know uh, the original 80s version will probably never be out because it used a lot of clips from uh, old movies and star wars and all these weird things uh so well, well what's strange though is that disney now owns most of the things that, that it that, drew true. clips from <laughs> but whether they go to the trouble of that i'm, I'm not quite sure um you also have things like uh, Married with Children, when it first came on DVD, did not have the original theme song because oh. it was a, a Frank Sinatra cover of uh, Love and Marriage, Love oh, and yeah. Marriage, Goes Together Like a Horse and Carriage, right? Uh, and and because of that, it was just had something that wasn't the theme song, but you know, otherwise well, the show was intact, and later it was released re-released at Walmart and stuff with the big sticker now contains the original theme song. Yeah. And I, and I remember, and what's and you, I believe you can hear, if you go online, you can find the replacement theme song. Cause like, it's a sound alike to the tune. It's of a quite good sound. Love and really. marriage, but, yeah. but it's got all these comedy borings in it, but there's no, there's no dialogue. <laughs> what's interesting is there was a brief period where the, where the reruns of uh, married with children also had that replacement theme song. Oh, that's interesting. And so, then also, on this is affecting you know streaming shows, uh, too. Um, one thing that recently came out on, on Netflix was the, the 90s anime Evangelion. Evangelion, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. And originally, in the, uh, the ending credits, the, the music was a, uh, a cover from a Japanese group of Fly Me to the Moon. Uh, it happens to be a Sinatra song once more. And um, on the Netflix version, that is not over the end credits, because they didn't want to license that. So instead, they just used a piece of instrumental music from the series that sounds kind of creepy. And I, I don't get hung up on something like that, but it's um, other people have, and they call it a desecration or whatnot. Well, it's it's always interesting, because sometimes they don't, they, it's really slapdash, the sound alike they put in. So I, uh, I had a friend who was a big fan of The Greatest American Hero, which was a, uh, a comedic show about a math teacher who becomes a superhero, superhero but doesn't yeah. know how his powers work. And a lot of the, the comedy comes from that. And it has an iconic theme song, which of course is on the DVDs. And in fact, mm-hmm. the, one of the DVD box sets, you pressed his symbol on the cover and the box would play the theme song. Um, but on occasion, it would use some pop music to underscore a theme, which they did not clear for the DVD yeah. release. And so whenever it got to one of those scenes, the sound would drop out and then you'd hear what was clearly some recently recorded kind of fart rock would play over the scene with some real tossed off lyrics. And it always jarred so poorly with what you were seeing on scene because it didn't even try to sound like something from the early 80s or late 70s. 
I mean, not to get too off track here, but they've even done this with uh, video games recently, with uh, as they re-release uh, old versions of, um, you know, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, and those kind of things. As Rockstar Games runs out of the license, they have to take songs off the radio stations. But if it's a cutscene that happens to have Michael Jackson playing on it, they, they, you know, they can't change that really. But the in-game music radio station stuff can be changed. And uh, in fact, when they re-released. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five on the PlayStation Four and Xbox One, uh, they they ended up changing some of the music because of that. But they also added some new music as well on the radio station. So it is something that that affects a lot of things. Um, and we know what part of part of it part of it is is that um, the rise of DVDs and, and television on DVDs uh, yeah. happened parallel to the rise of online file sharing and how that affected music distribution. And one of the bits of fallout from file sharing sites like Napster and LimeWire and Kazaa and things like that oh. is that because the recording industry perceived piracy of music as representing a loss, despite the fact that their revenues increased steadily throughout this period, is that it became harder to license music and licensing music became much more expensive, which is a large part of why a lot of TV shows on DVDs had music pulled out and why... I'm a big fan of The Simpsons, and I have a lot of The Simpsons on DVDs. Any audio commentary for an episode where there's a piece of pop music on the track, they inevitably go into a conversation of either how hard it was to license, how easy it was to license that song when the episode was being made, but how hard it was to license that song to make sure it could be on the DVD. (laughs) Right. Um, I mean, another big example of music being censored or affecting a complete release of the series, so to speak, was uh, when MTV did Beavis and Butthead, because so much of that was them talking over music videos or whatever. They could do whatever music they wanted at the time, because it was on MTV and they had a blanket license. But when the DVDs came out, of course, you know, they they couldn't do that, so it was sort of handpicked here and there what episodes they did, and it's it's like three volumes or something worth, but it's never the complete series. You're never going to get that, except for Maybe what someone might take their old videotapes and upload it on YouTube or something. Yeah, it's one of those. It and, it's one of those shows where, in order to see it as originally presented, you have to pirate it. There's no legal way to make that purchase, which is a real shame. And that affects lots of stuff on DVD, on lots of MTV shows, uh, because. MTV has this sort of sweetheart deal with with various sectors of the recording industry right. that generally speaking and through most of its history they could do whatever they wanted with licensed music um because it was considered free advertising for the bands and the record labels and whatnot and so it was re- they could put all sorts of awesome popular music in everything but that hamstrung DVDs the state a wildly influential and very important uh, sketch comedy series from MTV from the early 90s, that the soundtrack to that, aside from the theme song, was all popular alternative band music of the 90s. Uh, And it took ages for that to get out on DVD because they were trying to clear the rights for that music, which inevitably proved impossible. And so then they had to go through the prohibitively expensive process of removing the songs from the audio mixes and then putting in generic music to replace it. Right. And it really um, hurts because there are a handful of scenes where, where that are edited around the music and you have to reproduce those beats, you know? Sometimes TV shows just didn't come out because they were just long-standing legal rights they had to clean up. Uh, you had the the Adam West Batman series only came out 
Um, that only came out a few years ago. Yeah, a few years ago, and because CBS, I think, had the right TV show rights, but Warner Brothers has the film rights, and then you have. Oh no, it's, it's even more complicated it's than with that. The guest stars, right? Uh, well, the, yeah, the guest stars because some of the guest stars there are license rights, but also some of the guest stars like appear in character. Like I believe uh, John Aston is on the show as Gomez Adams, although I'm not sure they flat out call him that. That's clearly who he's supposed to be. Um, also, the theme music is owned by Fox because Fox produced the series. Yeah, so um, you also get kind of a sticky wicket of, of stuff now. We're talking about physical media. Where, you know, Netflix has a show that's streaming. Oh, but what if I want a physical media copy? Well, it might be sold by Sony under Sony's home video label, or it might never be on a physical media. Um, I, I'm thinking there is... It, so, I mean, it's just sort of hit and miss. You, you also have situations where um, just really awful uh, video and audio quality on some of these releases on DVD, where maybe the masters were on videotape or... Uh, I, I mean, I, I heard something of uh, it might have only been released in England or something, but they did season one of Buffy on Blu-ray, and they decided to make it widescreen when it originally was full frame. And by opening up the frame like that, you saw things like the camera people sitting, sitting off to the side. Yeah, you could see Gaffer's tape. You could you see the see shadows of the crew. Stuff yeah, that, that was never meant to be seen. Um, we even. Well, we even talked about that before, like when people would return, like widescreen presentations, people would come back to the rental store with VHS tapes or DVDs and be upset that it was in widescreen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, speaking of TV shows, it's also worth mentioning, and this was something more popular on videotape and then it continued on DVD. You would see like miniseries released on videotape and later on DVD, like Lonesome Lonesome Dove or or Roots or uh, Shoguns. (laughs) That was really long lawn ones that would come on a 10 videotape set you'd have to rent sometimes having to put a deposit down um i mean that's really and 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 the pricing of of this stuff on on dvd especially when it first came out hbo is notorious for charging a whole like a hundred dollars a season their their stuff is pricey um some of the bbc stuff is pricey anime has always been pricey although i think you know the home video market now is kind of in the toilet. There's stuff that gets released, but just barely. You look at how big the CD and DVD selections used to be at, like, a Target and now or Walmart, and now look well, at how small it is. Well, like, the anime DVD market almost collapsed in part because in the, tr- in the transition over to DVD, uh, a lot of the United States anime distributors thought that they could sell it the same way they were selling VHS tapes. So while I could go into a store and buy the complete second season of the Simpsons for like 40 bucks and like the, a complete season of law and order for like 30 bucks. It would be 40 bucks for two episodes of an 18 episode series. Right. Um, I mean, there's series that, that I loved that I flat out did not buy on their initial release. Cause I didn't want to buy it piecemeal for over a hundred dollars. And in some cases, my patience was rewarded, and they got re-released in more affordable box sets. And in some cases, they were never re-released, and so they're series I've, I've, I've flat out missed out on. Yeah, and then there's there's the problem we've talked about before, which it, it's true of movies, even more true of TV shows. Some stuff just never comes out on videotape or DVD or Blu-ray or in any format, so it's sort of lost forever until it happens to air on a streaming service or... Uh, or, or airs on TV or cable if you subscribe to cable. Which, you know, I don't subscribe to cable. I, I use 
Xfinity is my internet because that's all we have as an option, really. But, um, but yeah, it just stuff is so limited, and it's only going to get more limited as more streaming services kind of split things up, and everyone has their own paid streaming service. I mean, NBC is getting Peacock. We we talked about this <laughs> before, but that'll certainly split up the TV show stuff. You look at stuff. Uh, I mean, one thing that makes it kind of tricky with the, these um, DVD releases is. They might come out with something. It's the complete series, but then like another season comes released several years after the fact. <laughs> so it's like, what's really a complete series anymore? Um, Saturday Night Live, right? Only had its first five seasons put on DVD. Yeah, everything since then has been best ofs. Uh, yes, and uh, Will Ferrell's best ofs sold so well that they did three volumes. Um <laughs> And you'd even buy some of those at, at Starbucks for a little bit. It was kind of a strange promotion there. But with with uh, all that going on, Saturday Night Live, for a little bit on like Hulu, you could they had every season of SNL on there. But then the episodes, because of music rights and stuff, was so cut up, some episodes were only five minutes long. <laughs> right? It was not the full thing. And then now it's... Um, now there's just the SNL app that has select sketches, but it's not the complete thing, uh, including some of the more controversial sketches are not on there. So whether we can ever see a complete SNL release ever, I would love to see it. I don't know if that's possible, if they, if they want to put that much money into it. It, um, it is I, so – SNL is one of the few things where if you did not see it on the initial broadcast, you may never see it again. Like I, I consider myself fortunate that I saw uh, I saw Martin Lawrence's original monologue and not the cut down version that is the only one available. Now what, I'm not familiar with that. Is that from the '90s or? Uh, yeah, it was in the '90s. Martin Lawrence host. I forget. I think Bad Boys, one of the Bad Boys movies, had come out, and so Martin Lawrence was the host, and he did a really long monologue that that kind of was partly drawn i think from one of his stand-up sets and you know he it was a typical martin lawrence bit there was a bit of there was a bit of swearing you know he talked Mm -hmm. talked a bit about about sex talked about racism but that his opening monologue drew so much ire that when the show it was the monologue was cut out when it broadcast on the uh, west coast and then in all reruns since then he does the first third of the monologue, and then it cuts to a text scroll where um, I believe it is Phil Hartman says, "We almost all lost our jobs because of this monologue." <laughs> and like, wow. it basically explains why you're why like we think Martin Lawrence is very funny, but you're not going to hear the the last four minutes of this. <laughs> I don't think he'd be on the show anytime soon. You would think, right? I think it was the only time he was ever on. Yeah, so hmm. I'm not sure if he has one of those infamous Lauren Michaels bands, but you know he he hasn't been on since, and and I can and he might not want to be on because that like I know if I did a monologue and they cut it due to cut they cut it due to a negative audience response, I would be I'd be kind of offended by that decision. I would right. I would take I mean, it personally. <laughs> one thing you see uh, pop up now and then um, lately is is um, really cheap repressings of of TV shows, which is both good and bad. I think it, you know, visual entertainment has done this a lot with shows like, uh, Magnum PI or like Highlander, right? You can get all six seasons plus the spinoff series, Highlander, the Raven, which is a female led spinoff for like $50, right? When originally those box sets sold for like $80 a piece, but it's done by, um, visual entertainment. 
which means they, they cram more episodes onto a disc. The video quality is slightly worse. They take away a lot of the bonus features, but it's still there. It's more affordable than it used to be, and it, you know it's up to the individual what they want to purchase. Um, and, and those are the type of thing that usually I stay away from unless it's the only way to get a series because bonus features are very important to me. Like I be, like in yeah. college, I became kind of DVD obsessed, and that was in large part because like of the bonus features. And even to this day, when I'm working on uh, an illustration commission, usually what I have playing in the background is an episode of The Simpsons or a classic B movie with an audio commentary track going. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a lot of good commentaries out there, and uh, you also see stuff where, I mean, what's going to happen to I, I don't know TV show releases or, or special special features? I think have really taken a big dive since Blu-ray. The studios don't seem to be investing as much on that. But you you look at at crazy things like I mean, The Simpsons has had a commentary on every episode, but you don't get that on most TV shows, right? Yeah, you get usually a commentary it's just, on the pilot. Usually it's just select episodes. Yeah, or even that's not a guarantee. Um I mean, gee, what is there? You would have sometimes the way TV shows would be released piecemeal means you would never get like a complete set. I I'm, I'm thinking of the Incredible Hulk where it had I think <laughs> four seasons, but then it had like two or three maybe I think two TV movies afterwards and you couldn't get them all in a big set together as far as I'm aware. Uh, so people don't want that box with everything in it. You can't get that. Um, oh, so speaking of of that, do you remember when the animated Tick was released on DVD? No, this is the '90s cartoon. Yeah, the '90s, okay. the an- an- animated Tick. Uh, so yeah. this this is fascinating. That show has a complicated production history. So the Tick and its core characters are owned by uh, Ben Edlund, the creator of the comic book. However. Right. The show introduced some new characters. Those characters, copyright to those characters is claimed both by the Fox Network, but also by Saban, and that copyright is in dispute. So that's why when the second Tick series happened, there are two characters who were clear analogs for American Maid and Deflator Mouse, who are two of Ben Edlund's favorite characters that he can't use because of the copyright dispute between Fox and Saban. Um, and one of the fascinating things is there was a DVD release, and like it's on the cover, Tick, the complete series, and there's an uh-huh. asterisk next to complete series, and then if you look on the back, does not contain these episodes, and there's a list of mm. I think three or five episodes that they that they can't put on the DVD because of the copyright dispute. Sure, sure. I'm also thinking of things like uh, the complete series where, oh, uh, Ren and Stimpy. Like, that'll never be completely there, I think, because some of the original elements don't exist. I can believe that. It'll fade out before a certain joke happens, or uh, it might be the version cut to syndication. I mean, that's something you see in TV shows sometime, where the version on DVD is shorter than what originally aired, and it's for stuff, you know, that people usually won't care about, or or, or things like that. It's it's disappointing, but that, that kind of thing happens. I do... Uh, it also gets confusing where initially when TV shows were coming out in DVD, it would be season one, season two. But then, I, I guess to get more money, uh, you would see things released. I, I first noticed this on Family Guy. It would be Family Guy Volume 1, Volume 2. 
Like, what does volume one mean? It doesn't mean anything. That, you know yeah, that's I mean? true. You don't really like, know what era of the show you're getting. Yeah. And I mean, it happens to be in chronological order. They just did it as volumes, but you still see that in uh, in some cases. A lot of this stuff just gets out of print, and you really have to hunt on eBay or maybe look for it on YouTube or try to download it, you know, and try to find it somewhere out there in the wild, wild web, um, just because it's, it's really hard to get a, a, a handle on. I, I was kind of feeling like a Sequest mood the other day and trying to find it, and like... <laughs> It goes for several hundred dollars. It's like Sequest, really? Like, uh, and there's a cheaper version. I think I can play in my UK and my Region Two DVD player. I might end up picking that up. But um, also, even though the US is Region One, we don't get all the Canada releases. So uh, you remember the William Shatner show Tech War? Yes, I do remember Tech War. So, yeah. So the US Region One version has the TV show, but it does not come with the miniseries. The four made-for-TV movies that came out before the TV show. But if you want that, the Canadian version has that. And they're both region one. And you have to know... Oh, my God! And you have to know, like, what the cover art is. Um, Like, that's a pretty egregious example. The RoboCop TV series is only available in Canada as a region one import. Huh. Um, You have... Oh, go on. Well, so you're you're talking about like these these regions and these distributions. So I pulled up a map of the uh, of the sort of the DVD region map of Earth, yes. which makes not a lick of sense. <laughs> and like so, like for instance, region one: United States, Canada, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda. Well, that kind of makes sense. Here's region two: Europe, except for Belarus and the Ukraine, hmm. Greenland, the Middle East, Egypt. Uh, Eswatini, uh, Lesato, South Africa, Japan, and and uh, and French uh, G- uh, Guinea. That's Guinea. all over the place, yeah. that, and they're all like that. Like Region Four is Africa, except the countries I mentioned. Yeah, and uh, uh, but then also Russia, but then also Mongolia and North Korea. And then on Blu-ray, I think it's region A, B, and C or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure what 4K Blu-ray oh, has, but maybe it's oh, the same thing. Oh, my God. I just noticed something. There's a region 8. Region I, 8 is for airport, aircraft, cruise ships, and spacecraft. Hmm. Spacecraft have their own DVD region with other forms of transportation. And not, not to mention, you know, what's available in the airplanes is a censored version anyway. Of, oh, uh, yeah. I don't know about TV shows, but it probably is. But certainly the movies are have are cleaned up a bit. Um, even though I'm an adult and I should be able to watch what I want on there. Oh, uh, so re- related uh, related to uh, some of uh, to regions. So what's fa- what's fascinating is that some DVDs. I'm not sure if this happens all that often anymore, but some DVDs uh, were encoded for multiple regions. And so, like, if you were playing mm-hmm. it on your desktop, whatever program you're using to play the DVD, yeah. when you inserted one of those, would typically ask you to set a region. And as you mentioned before, it would lock that region, and you could only change it like a certain number of times. Yep. And so there. So uh, and one of the interesting things about that is I had some so a lot of the anime friends I had in college who they would often have uh, a region-free uh, DVD players just so they could buy DVDs straight from Japan. And what was right. fascinating is most of the DVDs from Japan already had an English subtitle track already on it. Hmm. 
And in some cases, like, for instance, Serial Experiments Lane, which was a huge uh, anime in the late uh, 90s, early 2000s, ridiculously huge, and yet seems to have had no impact whatsoever, um, despite the fact that everyone I know in art and design was watching it at the time. Anyway, um, it was encoded as a multi-region DVD, uh, and so it had so many language tracks and uh, uh, I had a friend who had a hacked region free DVD player where he could switch between regions and that was and that was actually a thing that happened one night English subtitles with the Portuguese language track with like German special features and there were differences in each wow yeah um, they, I mean you certainly have different exclusive special features that, that don't always get put on the American versions because they have to license those as well I mean that's why you know, you might get a commentary crate over. Um, I, I even think of this is more about movies, not really TV shows. But Laserdisc uh, was the first format to have audio commentaries, as far as I'm aware. And some of those for like the old James Bond movies, they never brought over because they're uh, by the original directors and they have um, problematic uh, racial material on it. Let's say. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there's. But, I mean, what what's, happens to the future of TV history? I think so much of it is lost. The same is with movie history as far as what's available. Well, it's getting uh, it's getting to be kind of like video game history where whatever is in the previous yeah, generation yeah. just gets tossed. And it's, it's pure luck uh, if anything from the history survives. And, and for a brief period, DVD was facilitating the preservation of a lot of 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 uh, rare and hard to find material but that does feel like it's tapering off now yeah, well, thankfully we do have services like warner archives like i've got mm-hmm. pirates of dark water on dvd because i was able to get it through warner archives i will soon have mighty orbots on dvd because Great. i can get that through warner archives now, warner archive all those print on demand things i think is a really smart way to go and i think that's more of what you'll see for the future of digital media uh, i got the shaft live action tv series nice which was a also on, on Warner's archive, and and you know, you know, the picture doesn't look great, but I mean, it, it's fine. It, it gets the job done. Um, I would love it if Disney had had a service like that. Yeah, I. Um, it'll be interesting to see what what goes on, what doesn't. I think, I mean, you see with Disney Plus, it launched all this stuff, and now like a lot of that stuff isn't on there uh, because they still have rights with other stuff and with other streaming <laughs> yeah. services. Um, I mean. Notably, when they launched, they did not have The Last Jedi because Netflix still had the right to show it for a bit. Um, and then they got The Last Jedi, but then they lost Home Alone. But now I think Home Alone is back, but only Home Alone 1 and 2, not 3. And they're acting like <laughs> Home Alone 4 and 5, the direct-to-video did, ones, didn't, didn't exist. <laughs> but they're also working on a Home Alone um, reboot. TV series? Uh, yeah, but then you don't... But then, you know, the the amount of TV series you have in there is is good, but kind of random and kind of too recent. Like, you don't have... I'm surprised the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV series is not on there. Also, a lot of the series they have, the episodes are all out of order. Uh, like, yeah, really yep, out of order. Yep, that's still a problem. Also, some shows are... are, are um, especially the cartoons are in the incorrect aspect ratio. Goof Troop is in widescreen. It was not in widescreen at the time. Uh, so... So, I got a question for you. Yes. What was the first... TV series that you got on DVD? Hmm. Great question. It it might have been... You know, what comes to mind, and I, I don't want to count anime, because I count it as a separate thing. 
Otherwise, I would say it was definitely like Cowboy Bebop or something. But I would say the first TV show and DVD I got was probably either the season one set of Rocky and Bullwinkle or the season one set of He-Man Masters of the Universe. Nice. Those had uh, special features you still don't see on stuff today. Um, I, I don't think they, they were censored. They did have interviews with like Paul Dini and J. Michael Straczynski and some of the writers that were pretty frank, saying how much they hated some of the characters in the show and how much <laughs> they were limited with uh, what they could do with the level of violence. Um, what about you? What, what's the first one you remember? Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought you brought up anime because uh, my original answer was going to be anime because the first DVD set I ever purchased was the complete uh, Bubblegum Crisis, which is ah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a Japanese cyberpunk mm-hmm. series, which I turns out was originally released as an OVA. It was originally released direct mm. to video uh, in Japan, and this was in I believe '99 is when I when I got it. To let you know how far back this was and how early it was in the complete DVD set era, um, it was sold in a big cardboard box, just like computer games were at the time. Oh wow! And the DVDs were in three CD style jewel cases. <laughs> Funny. But I've st- still got them. I still watch yeah. them from time to time. It has a clumsy but kind of endearing opening menu where it's like a heads-up display from one of the hard suits, but there's this really loud like beeping noise through it. Um, the first actual straight-up series uh, was uh, the same year. Uh, and it Well, actually, now that I think about it, it might have been 2000, which was The Simpsons uh, Season 1, and that really is what made me completely fall in love with the DVD format. Right, I mean, the, the Simpsons guys, they did it on the Futurama discs, too, uh, all the commentaries, all that stuff. Well, is, we got three more seasons of Futurama because of the DVD sales sold so well. Yes, and because the DVD sales were so well, you know, Family Guy was brought back. Um, some people might say that's good or bad, but, you know, it, it also, I, I, I saw TV shows and DVD popped up in the news recently. I, I think Friends is no longer on Netflix, or it, maybe it's because it'll be on the NBC Peacock service instead. So now sales of uh, Friends on DVD, the complete series, have skyrocketed. Hmm. So it it's people, you know, like stuff to be... I do like that the streaming is convenient, but you cannot trust this, the studios and the services to... It just keeps on changing what's on there, and, and it's disappointing. And uh, I mean, one thing I, I've been using to get into some rarer TV shows lately is uh, some of the, those free streaming services with commercials like IMDb TV or Pluto TV or uh, Tubi. All those... Yeah, have, I, I have been talking up Tubi on, on other episodes. Yeah, and, and all of them have like a, that Masters of Horror show is on Tubi both seasons. Uh, not, not with nice. any of the commentaries, unfortunately. Those are out of print and kind of tough to get. But, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, just a lot of random old stuff you might not see... Uh, I think Space 1999 or something is on uh, Pluto TV. There's just a lot of random stuff uh, you wouldn't expect necessarily. Sony Crackle has like, a, I think they have all of the critic or at least most of it. Um, well, we have, we both have that on DVD. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, and, and there's even stuff. Uh, I've even heard of some anime companies like uh, perhaps Funimation or something just has all of Excel saga on YouTube. Yeah. A couple of different uh, anime yeah. uh uh, distributors are just putting complete series uh, on YouTube and other other venues. Which I think is a way to do it. That's certainly an easy way to see it. It, it has commercials, but okay. I mean, we, most of us grew up with, or at least if you're our age, you grew up with television where you had commercials. I, I, well, I can... 
I can tolerate a certain amount of advertising. Um, That is one thing that is actually infuriating on DVDs, particularly a lot of the Doctor Who DVDs, um, is that sometimes, like Ah. movie DVDs, there'll be a little, like, promotional role that'll come before the main menu. Sometimes you've got to skip through five goddamn ads to get to the content that you purchased so you could watch it without ads. That is infuriating. And sometimes you cannot uh, press the chapter skipped button. You have to go into fast forward. Yeah, that's another big problem Mm -hmm. that a number of these have. Uh, I mean, another thing that I think was pretty cool, I'm trying to think of older TV show stuff that sort of blew me away. Um, you, you got repackaging of like the really popular TV shows. You mentioned Buffy earlier. After the complete run of Buffy and Angel came out on DVD, then they came out in these really expensive, nice-looking box sets that had an exclusive disc of um, special feet of like uh, an interview or something of all, the peop- of all the cast and crew kind of reminiscing over the series. And I remember I worked at a movie stop, which is it's a store that's no longer around. I think it was only in the, in the, in the South and perhaps in Texas. But... Um, owned by the GameStop people, but it was used used a new movie store. And we had people come in trading in all their Buffy sets because they wanted to get the new ones. And I told hmm. them, like, no one's putting a gun to your head and forcing you to get these new versions. But um, they didn't listen, and I don't know why I told them not to trade stuff in. It was kind of dumb on my part. But Well, you were, you were trying to preserve the integrity of, of their media archive. I, I think so, and we... Um, I mean, talk about TV shows. What comes to mind to me is working at those places like that in Suncoast Video is you'd have people go to Walmart, rob their TV shows on DVD section, and then trade it in for cash. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was very common. And so you'd see these like uh, tough guys coming in with like all 10 seasons of Little House in the Prairie. It's like, really? I mean, Sometimes still in the shrink wrap. Uh, often still in the shrink wrap. And, uh, you know, uh, and... and I mean, maybe they were a little House in the Prairie fans, as possible. But, I mean, it happened so often that we had certain people flag that we just would not get uh, get trade, accept trade-ins from because it was too uh, too dicey. They would even go to the Walmart in the same shopping center. Like, these guys were they, – they had a system down, man. I don't know what it was. But um, you think, too, of um, other stuff on, on DVD, like quite a lot of the British stuff – uh, BBC, I think, was pretty good about putting quite a lot of their content on DVD, and a lot of this came out in the U.S. Not everything, but quite a good bit of it. Um, I'm recalling a, a show called Chef, which was a, a fun sort of sitcom about a, oh, a chef. Yes. Oh, I, 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 I definitely know of it. I have not seen the DVDs. Yeah. Um, some other TV shows... That come to mind. Uh, sometimes you would even get unrated versions of TV shows, which was a bit unusual. Like South Park did that on the well, yeah, DVDs. Yeah, they would uncensored. restore kind of cut material. Yep. Or, um, but I'm thinking of the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries Dune. It originally came out, and then later it came out with the director's cut with nudity from the European cut. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, it doesn't change the uh, the the show that much. Uh, but and you can see Chani's breast or whatever in one scene. Where in the American version, which is shot from over her shoulder, but so you talk about like cut material. Um, yeah. One one thing that that I loved about the Simpsons DVDs is they were very very like all inclusive with their with their special material, uh, including you know going far beyond the audio commentary. Season one, the first episode of the regular series uh, that aired uh, some Enchanted Evening 
was meant to be the last episode of the season. Uh, but there were some, the, the first series of season had a lot of production troubles. One of the features on the DVD is the original cut of that episode, which almost got them canceled before the first episode even aired. But they don't show that full cut because they shut it off in protest, which made me a bit disappointed. Well, no, 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 they do. They do yeah. have the full version. Oh. But one of the audio commentary <laughs> tracks is cut short because I Jim see. Brooks gets so disgusted by okay. the animation. Yeah. He walks out of the recording studio. <laughs> Which was probably a, a DVD audio commentary first. It's quite loopy, that's for sure. He also had some stuff that only came out on the DVD version as a family guy. I keep harping back to that, but they had some episodes that Fox would not air that were only on the oh, DVD Oh, When You versions. Wish Upon a Weinstein was, I think, the most infamous of those. Yes, and they also had an abortion episode that never aired on TV. Um, wow, mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yep. Uh, they also did kind of a weird tradition that Futurama did this as well. They would release stuff as like a... Uh, they call it a, a movie, directed DVD movie, but it was really just three episodes sort of stitched together. And then later, those would air as part of the normal season on TV. Hmm. Remember, Futurama did that with the the four movies before having the last season. Yeah, they were they were uh, they those ended up airing on television, kind of cut up as miniseries. Yep. So. So the um oh and I, so speaking of like other special effects, one of my. Uh, so I, I keep up with the, the British comedy series Red Dwarf. I've got all oh, of that yeah, on yeah, DVD, yeah. and I've, I've been collecting that since like 2001, I think was when the first one came out. And before then, the tapes were really hard to get to. Uh, and they have, you know, they have a lot of special, neat special features, you know, your usual deleted scenes. There's a documentary about the making of each season. It's got supplementary interviews, all, all, all that. One of my favorite special features that they uh, they all have, I think, after like the first after the first season, because that's when they were able to find this stuff in the archives. They have raw special effects footage, hmm. so you can just watch like a half hour of untreated model shots of all the spaceships and like different like miniature sets and environments. Um, and what's really fascinating about a lot of these these shots is not only can you sometimes see the technicians and the special effects directors sometimes coming in and out of the frame. But and you can see how these things were shot because they're untreated with special effects. You will sometimes also see special effects that weren't used in the episode. Like uh, the the biggest one that always jumps out is there's an episode I think from like the fourth season called White Hole that ends with a game of pool being played with planets, <clears throat> and uh, in the ep- episode that aired, I think you just see like a model shot of the. Uh, of the uh, the star bug shoot like an energy pulse, and that's what starts the chain reaction of the planets. But if you go through the raw special effect footage, they had filmed a new miniature of the ship where the bottom opened up and like a weapon came out of it oh, and fired. Wow. But they, for whatever reason, they didn't use that shot. But it's in the raw special effects footage, and it's really neat to see that. It gives you a whole whole new appreciation for what goes on behind the scenes at that show. I mean, so as we wrap things up here, I think uh, certainly buying stuff on, on physical media matters. That's my preferred method of consumption. Um, and I mean, but also watching stuff on streaming matters and letting uh, places know that you want more seasons helps. I mean, we, we've seen with uh, twice now with Star Wars, the Clone Wars has <laughs> gotten two new seasons uh, several years apart um, after its original uh, cancellation after five seasons. So... You just never know what might come back. You see a lot. Of, you're seeing quite a, a, 
a trend, I think, of revival of old series for one or two seasons. Um, the uh, what the Paul Reiser show came back. What was that called? It was uh, Mad About You. Mad About You came back for a season on some obscure cable network, but I'm sure it'll pick up more viewers when it's streaming. Uh, Roseanne. Hey, hey, Paul Reiser in Mad About Waylon Utani. That's right. Um, Roseanne came back as Roseanne. And now it's called The Connors. Died. Is, oh, that's so crazy. That's the craziest <laughs> thing I've heard. Uh, and and you're, you're seeing it with. Um, there's going to be some sort of a Friends reunion, I think, I've heard, is in the works. Uh, Frasier, they're trying to get back on the air. I some, think you're right. In some fashion. So everything old is new again because everything is risk-averse. But it's. Um, I think TV shows are important, and, and some stuff has never come out on video in any fashion, like UPN's The Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. <laughs> Although, to be fair, there probably isn't much demand from that show except from weird TV nerds like us yeah, and, or, or who want to see exactly how bad or misguided it is. Or there's a, that BBC pilot that I think only aired once. It's on YouTube called Heil Honey, I'm Home. Oh, yes. And supposedly a full season of that was filmed. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, a whole season. Huh. Any last thoughts you have on TV shows on uh, physical media? Oh, uh, well, I mean, keep keep circulating the discs. Um, it's fun. It is interesting to look back at some of the early ones, like before before people had kind of figured out like how to do a good DVD interface. Like I, I talked about Bubblegum Crisis, where the uh, the sound the sound that plays underneath that heads up display opening menu is so much louder than anything else on the DVD. If you turn that sound, if you turn your volume down so that the sound of the main menu is bearable, you won't be able to hear any of the dialogue or music in the actual show. And like other misguided things, there is, uh, I think it's season two or three, no, season two of The Simpsons, um, it had, the the way the DVDs were printed is that the, the little part of the box that each DVD rested in had... On its edges, four Simpson character bodies, but then those four heads, and you could rotate the DVD to switch their head. So to get into the main menu, a spinner came up with that same look, and you had to spin the spinner until the right heads were on the right bodies, and then that brought you into the main menu, and you could not skip it, and that was such a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm also thinking of, the once again, the Dune miniseries, director's cut version. Uh, the, the menu is in this fake... Uh, I think like Fremen language. It's not even in English. So you have to... (laughs) Really? Yeah, you have to blindly work your way through this menu. It's really irritating. You know, I think they did that on... um on Firefly, which was one of the first big, one one of the early big TV on DVD yeah, success stories, yeah. which then led to the movie Serenity being mm-hmm. made. As I recall, I think their menus were in were in a language other than English. But if you highlighted a menu option, it gave you what the English of that of that was. Uh, the worst menu I've seen. Period was on a special edition of Memento, where it made you take a one hundred question personality test. Before. And you have to do it? Uh, yeah. And then based on that, you might see the movie in chronological order. You might see it with a commentary. You might see it as normal. You might oh. see a deleted scene. So there's ways you could hack it by pressing the title button and skipping around to the right place. But it was um, ill-conceived. Let's just say that. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, TV shows will still be with us, but I, I think hopefully they'll carry more and more stuff over. And, uh, yeah, keep on. If you see something like uh, and you can afford it, 
you know, buy it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, TV history is important. And, you know, partially podcasts like these, you know, can get people interested in, in older stuff. And uh, I guess we can end this on, if you were to recommend someone pick up a show on DVD, what would it be in what season? Oh, Lord. Um, okay, I would do, s- overall, Season 4 of The Simpsons. I know I've talked about that a mm. lot, but season, season 4 of The Simpsons, it is both one of the series' creative heights. It's also one of the heights of the DVDs. There are great audio commentaries. They bring back, a, they bring back some guest stars for their audio commentaries on that season. Oh, yeah. Conan O'Brien appears on two audio commentaries and does just some great kind of, in addition to getting some goofy behind the scenes stories about his time on the show, he does like some original comedy bits just in the middle of the audio commentary to get a rise out of the other writers. Um, So as a nice, now it may not be the best, but overall it's a great place to start. There's a lot to recommend in season four. That's a good one. Um, I guess what I'd recommend is a bit, I guess it counts, but it's a music video collection. It's the Weird Al Yankovic music video collection. Ooh, nice. It has a, I think it has a commentary on there. When They, they did a remastered version um, in the early 2000s to tie into, I think, his live album or something. And uh, it has a lot of good stuff on there. It, it was one of the first, the, the, the original pressing of that with the green cover is one of the first ones I bought for $30, which is way too much money for that sort of a thing. But it's... It's a lot on there. You get, you get to see a lot of different styles, aping of different music videos. And, uh, yeah, music videos aren't something you really see on home video format at all, except for maybe I think Michael Jackson <laughs> might have done a collection or, or Backstreet Boys or Britney Spears or something. But Well, you know what's funny is, like, like in the, the late 2000s or along the time of, uh, of, of DVDs, uh, uh, there were... So, uh, b- bands you would sometimes get a DVD that had all of a band's music videos as like a retrospective, but there were also DVDs that had all the music videos of famous music video directors. Like th- there was a DVD oh, yeah, that yeah, I yeah, think yeah. was just like every music video Spike Jones ever directed, right? Or Michael that Bay was a or, neat experiment. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and one last bit of trivia: I tried to see what was the best-selling TV show on DVD. I found the answer as of two thousand five. Am I going to be horrified? No. Take a guess. Family Guy? Chappelle Show. Oh, that's right. That, that, that did out. have a huge success. Yeah. Well, very good. I think, uh, yeah, this is fun talking about this, and we'll be doing more of these special episodes in the future for Sequel Cast 2. This is Matt. And this is Thrasher. Saying, don't pirate your DVDs unless they give you no other choice. Man.